Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pine Hills Church Podcast. My name is Aaron. I'm so grateful that you are continuing to engage in the content on this podcast. That's really the conversations we're having in our own community. And we're wrestling through in our faith journey, what does it look like to practice the ways of Jesus today in the midst of our the everyday stuff of life, in the midst of all the things that we have going on from our past, our present, as we point our lives towards an ideal future. And so we hope that the conversations that we're even having in our own community are a blessing in your journey, because we recognize that we're all in a bit of a journey. We all have things that we're trying to figure out and to work out, and that we need Jesus to come alongside us through the power of his spirit to show us the way. And as I was thinking about this episode and thinking about my own faith journey, I got to remember again a community that was so instrumental in my development of my understanding of who God is, but also how church should be lived out. And so what had happened was I grew up in the church, but didn't quite understand the truth of the gospel. See, I understood God as this kind of being who was very happy with you when you seemed to get things right, but very disappointed or maybe even caused some bad things to happen in your life when you were getting it wrong. And see, that's a wrong understanding of who God is. It's an understanding of God that actually leads you away from him when things aren't going right, when you're making bad decisions, when you're trying to cope with pain in ways that aren't pleasing to him, instead of running to him to find love and acceptance and grace, which is why I love how Jesus shows that that God's nature is really uh, that 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 God who is that father who's sitting there on the porch waiting for his son, who's kind of wandered off, who's taken everything that he had to give them. And he goes off and he squanders it all. He figures out, man, life isn't really what I thought it would be. This isn't going the way I wanted to go. So he says, if I could just go back home and if I could even be a servant in my father's house, that's better than what I'm experiencing here. And so he begins to come home trying to figure out what he's going to say to his father, how he's going to apologize, how he's going to get acceptance. But as soon as that father sees his son on the horizon, that father runs out to that son and takes him up into his arms, wraps him in love and grace and throws a party for him. See, this is who God really is. And I needed to figure out that that, that's who God is. Because once I found that, that changed everything for me. But God did that in a community a community filled with a bunch of other people who are willing to say, hey, here's my life. And you know what? Here's some good stuff, but here's some bad stuff. Here's some things I'm trying to figure out. And they, in the midst of everything else, began just to show how God was working through their own stories, how he was encouraging them, how he's freeing them from past stuff, and how he was leading them to a better future. That community changed my perspective of God. That community helped me to experience God in a completely new way. And I'm forever changed by that. And a lot of that stuff is what I want to be present in our community. I want our community to be full of people who are willing to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm a bit of a mess, but God is helping me to figure that out. And he's helping me to live out his idea of what my future should be. And that community that I experienced that in was beautiful because there's a lot of people a bit further along in the journey, but there's also people who are are simply just younger than me and they're figuring out too. And I loved how everyone was just sharing what they were learning along the way. And it was a blessing to all of us. And we all grew closer and closer to Jesus because of that. See, I think that this is what Jesus wants of us as we do life in community, to not think that we have to have it all figured out, but to begin to teach people in bits and pieces, things that are working itself out in our story 
things that have been a blessing for us as we go along the way. So to circle back to what Jesus tells his followers as he's given his life for them and for us, and he's come back to life and he goes to, to be at the right hand of the Father saying, I'm going to send an advocate that's going to actually empower you to live this stuff out as you continue to carry on the work that I began here on earth. He tells them Matthew 28. Again, we look at this text all the time, but we need to keep looking at it until it gets into our lived experience every day. But here's what it says. Jesus came and he told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Did you catch that? Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so you might be thinking, Aaron, I, I hear it. I hear the text. I know that's what we're supposed to be doing. But you also might be thinking, I can't do that. I don't have everything figured out. I'm still trying to wrap my head and heart around the whole Jesus thing. I'm not even sure I am fully in yet. And so all of those different questions, all those different doubts, here's what the Bible says. Good. Well, good. You don't have to have it all figured out. You're in really good company with your doubts. And how I know this to be true is because we just read Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. But here's what it says in Matthew 17. If we just look at the context, one sentence above everything that we just read said this. When they saw him, when they saw Jesus, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Meaning in the midst of their doubt, in the middle of trying to get their heads and hearts around the whole Jesus thing, he sends them out. He empowers them to be able to go out in the midst of all of that to still teach other people what they're experiencing in Jesus and what they are learning from following the way. Eugene Peterson, who's just a tremendous thinker, and he sat down and he began to pray and to think through the scriptures with all of this stuff that God had placed deep within his heart to, to really put out this project of what does it look like to make a lot of the wording of the scriptures make sense in a new way to a new culture. And this was one of his greatest life works as he was alive with us. And uh, just continue to remember the great work that, that he has blessed us with, that God has blessed the world with through him. But again, this is a paraphrase, meaning this is something that can help us to also under, understand the, the Bible that we're reading, but to just give us fresh eyes to see text in new ways. Here's how he words it. I think it's super helpful for us in this conversation. He says, the moment that they saw him, the moment that the disciples saw him, they worshiped him. Some, though, held back, not sure about worship about risking themselves totally. Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave them his charge. Go, God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in the way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, community of God. Verse 20, then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this day after day after day, right up until the end of the age. See, I love that. I love that wording because it really helps us to feel that a bit more that these disciples are still trying to figure this out and what this all means for their life in the midst of all of that. He just says, hey, go out and continue to follow the way. And as you follow the way, 
as I'm empowering you to live the right way, just teach people what you're learning day after day after day after day, right up into the end of the age. So even if you're unsure about going all in, even if you still have doubts, you can still teach someone something about what you were learning, what you're thinking about, what's encouraging, what's been a blessing to you, and oftentimes what also can be questions that you're still asking. I think that the world needs people who are willing to not pretend like they have it all figured out, but are willing to say, hey, I, I don't. And I'm, I'm wrestling through some things, but here's what I've learned about the way of Jesus. And here's what has been a blessing. See, everyone is tasked with teaching someone something within the kingdom of God as they go about their daily lives. This is God's plan to redeem and to renew people in our world. You're the plan. You're his plan for your neighborhood. You're his plan for your city to be able to do this with other people as you go to continue to teach other people. If you're still unsure, let's look at Peter. Hopefully you can find some encouragement from the life of Peter. But Peter is an example of someone who was once scared to even identify himself with Jesus, was so radically changed by the power of Jesus through his spirit. He became brave enough to not only identify himself with him, but to begin to stand in front of huge crowds, to begin to proclaim the goodness of the gospel and to invite other people into the kingdom of God. And he even became a prominent leader within the church. And what I want you to notice as we read a few of these stories from Scripture is the progression in Peter. As he's empowered by God, what changes? What changes in his heart from being someone who once doubted to once someone who's standing in front of thousands of people to proclaim the goodness of God? What changes? So let's look at it. Mark chapter 14, verse 66 through 72. Here's what it says. Meanwhile, Peter was in the courtyard below because Jesus is being beaten and wrongfully accused as they are about to kill him on a cross of suffering. Okay, that's what's happening. That's the context. So meanwhile, Peter, while Jesus is experiencing that, is in the courtyard below. One of the servant girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. She looked at him closely and said, you are one of those with Jesus of Nazareth. But Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. And he went out into the entryway. Just then a rooster crowed. When the servant girl saw him standing there, she began telling the others, this man is definitely one of them. But Peter denied it again, second time. A little later, some of the other bystanders confronted Peter and said, you must be one of them because you are a Galilean. Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed. Second time, suddenly Jesus's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And he broke down and wept. So Peter, who is willing to die for his beliefs, he was willing to take up arms and to fight for Jesus, is now, when the pressure is actually on, when he's being squeezed, is now scared to even identify himself with him. And this shatters Peter. But it's not the end of the story. If you continue the story, Jesus gives his life on the cross, but something amazing happens. Jesus doesn't stay dead. That's not the end of the story. He comes back to life. And the disciples don't know what to do with this. So they default back to what they knew. They went fishing. That was the life they had before they came following after Jesus. But they weren't catching anything. Again, this story was like we were experiencing it all over again because it happened the same way before. They weren't catching anything until Jesus shows up and tells them where to fish. 
And again, after not fall, not catching anything, they suddenly have so much they need help to even to be able to get it in, which echoes back to when Jesus first called them to follow after him. He called them away from this life that they knew as fishermen to begin to fish for other people. And this is a cue. It's echoing back in their story. They recognize, hey, this is Jesus on the beach who's calling out to us, who's, who's giving us instructions. This is the resurrected Jesus who's on the beach. I mean, so imagine Peter's feelings after he has just denied Jesus while Jesus is being beaten and about to be crucified for, for all of us. Imagine what he's feeling. And all of a sudden now, like his, his friend is back alive. He's on the beach. He's calling out to them. And so let's pick up the story in, in verse 15. After, after breakfast is John chapter 21, verse 15. You would think Jesus was about to come down on him, but let's see. Remember the heart of the, the Father is to go after the one, to run after the one who's wandered away and to welcome back in with open arms. Jesus is the, the very representation of who the Father is here on earth. And so this is Jesus modeling who God actually is. Verse 15, uh, he, Jesus makes breakfast for them and offers them a meal. So instead of condemnation, he offers them breakfast, a meal. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. And feed my lambs, Jesus told him. And Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter said, you know, I love you and take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. This is Jesus who's extending forgiveness and grace to Peter who denied him. And I love the play on here of how Peter denied him three times, and yet Jesus shows him acceptance again three times, showing, I fully accept you, even in the midst of your doubt, even in the midst of your denial. I still love you, and you know what? I still have purpose and meaning for your life to begin to help other people in their journey. Jesus is extending forgiveness to Peter who denied him, who, who was unwilling to risk himself for Jesus, but Jesus still had a purpose for him to feed others, to share the grace of Jesus with others, to tell others the story of the goodness of God, how we can all be changed by him and get a new life in relationship with him. Jesus had already foretold that all this was going to happen, Luke 22, that after he had failed, when he returns to Jesus to feed his brothers. So even in the face of past mistakes and current doubts, Jesus can still use all of us for his glory, which leads to Acts chapter two, this big moment where Peter is going from this person who denied Jesus in the face of pressure, who's off kind of hiding in an upper room. All of a sudden he's filled with this Holy Spirit. Go read Acts chapter two. And this changes everything. He's willing to actually go out of hiding, to go in front of the public, to begin to teach who Jesus is, even if it's going to cost him his life. He's willing to stand up and to proclaim the goodness of God. And everyone thought that they were crazy, possibly drunk, but Peter declares who Jesus is. And people decide to start actually following Jesus. So many, Acts chapter 2, 
verse 41, it says, those that believe were actually baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 and all. So imagine like him standing in front of this huge crowd. A lot of them probably didn't accept Jesus, but 3,000 did accept Jesus. So Peter goes from this person who's a bit broken in his past story saying, hey, I'm going to do all these things. And then he doesn't follow through and he denies his Lord right in front of him. And yet Peter is accepted again by Jesus. And he's filled up by the power of God to begin to go out, to be pushed out of this upper room into the streets, and he begins to proclaim the goodness of God. So we need to be the same type of people, to be people who are changed by Jesus, empowered by his spirit. And as we journey along, looking for the opportunities that Jesus is opening up for us to share even just a little bit about who God is. Maybe it's not to a huge crowd, but maybe it's to our friends. Maybe it's to our neighbors. Maybe it's to the people who live under our roof. Jesus can do the same thing in your story. Jesus wants to do the same thing in your story. And you might be thinking, okay, Aaron, you deconstructed a bit that I don't have to have it all figured out that Jesus can work with broken people to bring, bring healing to that brokenness. But you know what? Maybe this is just for a few people. That's not my gift. I don't have the gift of teaching. Well, you know what? Peter, I'm sure in reflection of all of this, of how Jesus moves through his story, is how Jesus takes a former denier and makes him someone who's able to go out into the streets to proclaim the goodness of God. And he even becomes one of the hallmark founders of the early church. He says this in 1 Peter 2, 4 through 5. You're coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building up into a spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. What does this mean? Meaning that because of Jesus, Jesus is taking each and every one of us and he's building us into this big house that we all have a part in it. And as he unites us together, he's using us to go before God, to live our lives on a daily basis, to do things that would please God as he helps us to do it through his spirit. And every one of us, there's not just a few select ones who just have the role of doing this. Every one of us have the right to be priests or to be people of God that would point other people to God. And so there's a ton of imagery I actually don't have time for in this podcast. So many good things are happening. But the point is, is not just for these few people, but for all followers of Christ. This is where we get this idea of we're a pre that we're all a priesthood of believers, that every one of us have the right to go before God, to be able to talk to God, to live in relationship with God, but also to do the things that God has tasked us to do so other people can come into the family as well. So we're all teachers, and we're all at different points in the journey. I recognize that, but maybe... Maybe we're just trying to figure out how to wrap our heads and our hearts around the Jesus thing. Maybe we're just getting started in this journey. Maybe we've been following for a long time, but we've never actually made these steps in teaching anyone anything that we've learned. Maybe we, we recognize that we're a bit like Peter. We followed Jesus for a little bit, but when we denied him over time, and we're just now starting to come back. Wherever you're at in that journey, you have the ability to teach someone something 
that you're being encouraged by, that you're being changed by, that you're being challenged by, or even questions that God's working out in your own heart. You can share just little nuggets. And we do this all the time with everything else in life. Like if we go to a really great restaurant, like we can't shut up about that restaurant. We're telling everyone about that restaurant. Or if there's a, a football game on that does something that's incredible and crazy, you're talking about it for a week. So why do we not make that move to do this within as family of God? with what God's doing. I think it's the work of the enemy that holds us back from actually teaching people about God. And I think we need to challenge ourselves and be a little bit uncomfortable with this as God empowers us to do it. You know, I think, okay, I'm in, but how do I start to do this just in bits and pieces? How do I do my part? Well, ways to that you can missionally begin to just to teach other people about Jesus is one. You can start with just one person and begin to just meet with them regularly, like set up a calendar invite. Hey, I want to hang out with you and get coffee or get a drink, get a bite to eat at a food truck, go hang out on the river, go do a hike, something. I want to meet with you regularly once a month, once every other week, whatever it might look like in your schedule. And as you do these things with them, begin just to hear their story, to ask really good questions about their life and what's going on. What's Why do they live in this city? What's great about the city? What's a challenge about this city? What What's something that's going well? Or you know, what's something that's not going so well? And as you become really good listeners and you hear people's stories, you'll begin to hear this ache that almost comes out of like, this isn't something that's actually fulfilling. This is actually a challenge. And into those aches, you can actually share in bits and pieces what you've experienced in Jesus that's helped with that. You know what? Like I had a life formerly that wasn't fulfilled by things that the world says is actually going to make me happy. It didn't make me happy. But you know what? Like, man, I found happiness in this little community that I'm a part of that's a startup. Like Jesus is doing something crazy in that. Or maybe like this verse, like really encourage you, share that verse with them and just in bits and pieces and unthreatening ways, just kind of drop little like hints and nuggets along the way. And as people begin to latch on it, well, tell me more about that. Or let, let's talk a bit more. You get to kind of pull at the thread and begin to open these spiritual conversations up and begin to teach people along the way. And as you do life with them, as you hear these aches, as you hear these stuff, like follow up with people, say, hey, you know what? Can I pray about that this next week as I'm, I'm, you know, doing my life and doing my thing? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to follow up with them. Next time you meet with them, be like, hey, you know what? Last time you were working through this, and I just want to follow up with that. Like, what's going on with that? What's changed? Are, are you working through it in a good way, or, or is it still a challenge? So meet people regularly, hear their stories, listen for the ache, speak little moments of truth, of Jesus, of gospel into that, and then follow up with people. And you know what? If they are followers of Jesus, this should be even easier, meaning you should still regularly meet with people, talk about life, discuss the things of Jesus together, process questions together, pray together, and then continue to meet together regularly. This is how you can begin to teach people who are like, far away from Jesus, who maybe don't even care about being on that journey, to people who are followers of Jesus, who are trying to figure it out. You can do life with people. You can share little bits of what God's doing in your own story. You can even find encouragement of what God might be doing through their stories. And so let's practice this together. Let's be a community that's willing to embrace the messiness of life, saying, hey, we're all a bit messy, but we're pointing our lives towards Jesus, and we're going to allow him to work through our lives as he promised that he would. So let's practice this together. Let's recognize we all teach 
each other things in different ways. Let's realize as we gather in community that we all bring a gift together. It's a blessing to other people. So show up to these communities and see what's the gift that you're putting into the community and then and then see what you can get as a gift from other people as well. But this is a community I want Pine Hills to be, a, a community of messy people in the midst of our doubts and our questions. We're trying to figure it out as we try to live the way of Jesus together so that our city will become a better place as more and more people come to know him. But I just want to thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you have any questions, again, go to pinehillschurch.org. Thank you for taking the time to listen and to process and to engage the tough stuff of life and the questions that come about as we try to live this thing together. I cannot wait to see you in the next episode. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.